Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to grab a free copy of my Dance Studio Growth Marketing eBook? Sign up for a free copy today of the ebook 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio by going to assembledancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. In today's podcast interview, I chat with the wonderful Stephanie Talarak from Talarak Bookkeeping. And now I've had a couple episodes over the last kind of few months with bookkeepers and financial people in the financial industry, I guess. And that is all in keeping with my really, you know, increasing interest in having a, a better understanding of numbers, a better understanding of my business, as I'm hoping to pass that knowledge on to my clients through uh, Studio Bloom and through my private coaching, as well as my wonderful podcast listeners. So I know that sometimes, well, in the past, I've really potentially just sort of stuck my head in the sand and not really tried to think about finances. So I'm trying to bring this information to you in a way that is, you know, exciting and engaging and at least sort of teaches you something in a way that you enjoy consuming content. So I hope that you find today's interview with Stephanie really helpful and insightful. And we also sort of touch on a little bit about the industry of finance and some experiences that Stephanie's had uh, potentially that you as a dance studio owner or as a woman in business, uh, if you're a Woman listening have experienced in the past as well. So I won't share too much about that now, but our chat is really awesome. We go into some practical strategies of how we could start to see changes in our businesses. But before we jump into the chat, I just want to let you let you know a little bit more about Stephanie. So Stephanie Talarak works full-time in the financial advisory industry as a client service officer and junior associate advisor. And she also runs her bookkeeping business, Talarak Bookkeeping full-time, essentially after hours. She's almost completed her final studies. So by early next year, she'll also be practicing as a financial advisor. So obviously in today's episode, she doesn't give us financial advice, but we talk about tips and strategies and I guess general information about accounting and bookkeeping and all of that that comes along with it. So I hope that you find today's episode really insightful and practical and let's not waste any more time and jump straight into today's episode. So thank you so much for joining me today, Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a beautiful Saturday morning, so I'm quite happy to be awake at the moment. (laughs) It is. It is. We are in Australia, as you can probably tell, and it is just after seven o'clock. So we're bright and early jumping on the podcast to connect the time. I think that we're both available. So it's really exciting (laughs) to have you on. Now, we actually met at a uh, networking event that I was like a guest speaker for and you um, knew Katie and were in, in, you know, involved and obviously in attendance. So that was really fun to connect in person as well. But for those who don't know you, can you give us a little uh, overview of who you are and what you do before we jump into the content of today? Oh, well, yes, it was a brilliant event, by the way. Like, oh, loved hearing you speak and hearing your story. But um, yeah, so my name is Stephanie. Um, I am the owner of Talarak Bookkeeping. So I own my own bookkeeping business. 
And I am also a full-time um, junior associate financial advisor. So during the day, I basically assist financial advisors and slowly on my professional career to being a financial advisor. And then by night, I am a bookkeeper. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess like you're managing, well, I guess is your bookkeeping business to start off as your side hustle and now it's sort of growing from there? Yeah, definitely. So my bookkeeping um, business uh, started actually a few years ago. Um, I had family, friends and friends in general who started their own business who were looking for someone just to do their books. Um, During that time, I was in my first year of uni, so I was already wrapping my head around bookkeeping. So I offered to do it very, 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 very cheap. Um, and yeah, that was my kind of introduction to bookkeeping. And then, yeah, it's just slowly grown and grown and grown. And ultimately the plan would be um, in about one or two years time is to evolve the business into not only bookkeeping, but also financial advisory. Amazing. And I think that there are so many people listening right now that can really, um, you know, understand where you're coming from in relation to having a full-time job and then having you know their their sort of side gig in the evening or you know trying to manage both like most I would say well not most but a lot of dance studio owners start off you know in full-time work with a passion for dance and they might start teaching of an evening and then that's kind of how it grows so um, it's super interesting to see how your business is growing and developing as well now you touched on the fact that you do bookkeeping but you you work as a junior financial advisor and you're kind of continuing your studies in that area this might be a silly question but can you please clarify what the difference is between a bookkeeper an accountant and a financial advisor like how are those three roles different and what one would you do for what Alrighty, so I'll start off with bookkeeping. Um, so I love this question. I get asked this question all the time um, because sometimes there are some, especially between bookkeeping and accountants and financial advisory, there's so many great areas because you they all kind of work together. You kind of need one with the other. So for example, um, a bookkeeper basically maintains your books, your financial books on a day-to-day basis. So they reconcile everything, you know, um, you know, match up your receipts to your expenditure, pull off your monthly reports, everything like that. It also, um, if you u- utilize your bookkeeper well, you can use it for kind of your data analysis to do some projections of how your business is going. So your accountant is the one that basically does all your tax work. So accountants are generally tax agents um, because they've done all those proper qualifications and um, extra study that you need. So they maintain obviously your tax records, any audits, they work very closely with ASIC and the ATO. Um, So basically anything you need to do with the ATO or ASIC, that's when you would contact your accountant um, because obviously they have their registration license with those um, government bodies and then a financial advisor um, is basically what it says in your in the title so it's when you're in a situation where you want to achieve certain financial goals that's when you would go see a financial advisor or if you find yourself in a place where you're really struggling with your finances um, or you're just drowning in debt and you want to kind of do something that's when you go see a financial advisor um, so yeah that's basically the three different areas so bookkeeping your daily record maintenance 
um, accounting, ATO, tax relation, financial advisory, if you want to grow your wealth, fix your wealth, or just get a lot better with your money on a day-to-day basis. So even like, it's kind of like a finance coach, I guess, is like the best way I would see it. But I guess you can't, I know there'd probably be so many rules and regulations about like, it's advice, it's not, you know, it's not guaranteed to work and blah, 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 blah. So when, so like you said, if you're wanting more help with your finances in terms of like hitting goals and things, is that something that um, people can talk to their accountants and bookkeepers or is it really, it's best to see someone separately? It's so each body is governed by very strict rules. Like, for example, you can go to your accountant um, and say, I want help with this. And Mm -hmm. if the accountant is compliant, that's when they'll generally have a financial advisor within the organisation that they'll then Uh, refer you on to. So we work so closely with accountants. Like, for example, um, with the financial advisory firm I'm with, we have accountants that work for us that's how close we work with them. Mm. So it's, so if, for example, if we're talking to a client um, and then they're talking about their business and then like, like some tax that they have owing and stuff like that, that's when we would then go the other way and be like, all right, let's get the accountant involved and let's work together to come up with a solution. So being a financial advisor, you are very heavily, heavily, heavily government uh, governed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many rules that you have to follow, but we definitely um, push them across if it's like accounting questions yeah. or if it's like ATO questions and stuff like that and vice versa. The accountant will um, pass a client on to us if it's financial questions. Okay. Yeah, that's really good to know. And I know, um, for instance, we have a lot of listeners that are from um, America. So I obviously, you know, we aren't based in Australia. We are only sort of aware of our rules and regulations. But I like I know there to be accountants and obviously bookkeepers and stuff over there but you know they would have different advisory boards obviously so um you know I guess they could just sub in when we're saying the ATO it's Australian tax office organization yeah yeah either either one it's the government tax man yeah the tax man that sends us the gigantic bills every you know few months so that's fine um but thank you for clarifying that that's really helpful now um I you know, I, in my business and when I'm coaching my clients, often I feel like, you know, my clients have financial goals, but they might kind of shift it in terms of wanting to get more students or more clients. And that's sort of their focus. But really what they're telling me is they would like to earn more money. Basically. I always, you know, tell them, you know, I, I am not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. Like I can give, you know, sort of general advice of what I've learned and I'm but like um, money and accounting and bookkeeping. <laughs> it, it's not my strong suit as many people will be able to uh, probably attest. So, but I was talking to a client this week and this is one thing I think I did know. Um, and she, we were talking about sort of general like budgeting and monthly budgeting. And I had shared with her just the template that I use um to check in with that uh and she was telling me you know she was we were going over that and she was telling me you know around tax time how you know she uses zero which is um that digital kind of accounting software that reconciles yeah. everything as you would know I'm just clarifying yeah. in case someone doesn't know. <laughs> um 
but then she was saying to me that then she has to take all of her like transactions from her statements and put them on a like a, a like an excel doc or a google sheet to give to her accountant now i said this is not advice but from my information something like zero is a really comprehensive software that you should be able to just share those reports with your accountant so could you talk to that a little bit if if someone's using something like zero or mild and they're reconciling within that does it have all the capabilities that then you can just kind of speak with your accountant and share that with your accountant versus then having to um do it sort of again I feel yeah, 100%. So Xero is my absolute favorite software. It's so user-friendly. I love it. And I definitely get my clients onto Xero um, as soon as possible. So 100%. So with Xero, you can export Excel documents and also reports. So it saves you having to basically double handle and re-enter it. And from a point as a bookkeeper and for an accountant, um, what you can actually do and what accountants and bookkeepers generally ask for is you can basically create a user account within your business, within your zero account. So once you have that set up, you can share your login details with your bookkeeper or accountant so they can actually physically log on themselves. So this is what I do with a lot of my clients. So obviously um, being a bookkeeper, we have to have those login details to do the work. Um, but it's also like, for example, I can get a phone call from a client going, Hey, I need to pull off, um, three months worth of sales statements for my accountant. I'm not sure how to do it. That's when I would log in. I would share the screen with my client because it's about education as well mm-hmm. and show them how to do it. But 100%, you don't need to double handle. You can export it as a PDF document, a workable Excel document. So it's very user-friendly. You shouldn't have to double handle it at all. That is really good to know. I will also tell her about, I didn't, I knew you could export reports as PDFs, but I didn't know that you could like essentially create an Excel document with all of those transactions. So that'll be awesome. That is (laughs) basically zero is your one-stop shop. You're saying if like, or if um, you use something, I know there's like QuickBooks, there's zero, there's Myob. Do you know of any, what are the other ones people use? Ooh, they're, pro- they're basically the main ones. I know there's a few new ones that are coming onto the scene that I haven't quite investigated yet. Mm. Um, but the main ones are basically, you know, your QuickBooks, your Redbooks, um, your Myob, your Zeros. They're basically the main players of the game that's out there at the moment. But as we can, as we see technology updates and changes all the time, and I know that um, Singapore is creating some new software at the moment. So um, hearing some whispers that they'll be introducing oh. a new I know it's like oh oh I'm like one of the first people to know like oh thank you for letting me know but um yeah they're apparently releasing some new software next year um that's apparently going to be cheaper than zero which would be great for those who want to oh. be I uh, know how I know so I love I love zero but it's so expensive like you know it goes up all the time so it goes to like yeah. I think I added like another staff member and it was like oh you've gone up a thing I think we pay like 110 dollars a month to use zero and I'm like oh, oh yeah it's and yeah, you're like, like it's especially like if there's a cost that you can save like definitely investigate that avenue so this new software is apparently very similar but a lot cheaper and I'm like oh if it works great, then brilliant. Mm. So many people 
I can see will roll over onto this new software program just to save money because zero is mm. so expensive and my ob is just as ex- expensive as well. Um, so yeah, so hopefully next year we'll hopefully see some new products hit the market, which will be exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, at least I feel like if zero had a really strong competitor, they might have to think about their prices a bit more, but. I think they just know that they've got it in the bag, like, and they do. So it's just sort of really? like, eh. they do like their, their zero app is incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'll be sitting on the train on the way to the day job, <laughs> the financial advisory job. And I'll be on the train on the app doing client work. Mm. Like it's so great. It's so easy to use. Um, and I think that's why it's doing so well is because you can jump on your iPhone or iPad and mm. do the work. Like it's so flexible. It's brilliant. And I, um, this is not like a zero love <laughs> fest, but I know for me, like they're constantly adding and updating things. And so, and I sort of, I do see the value in it. So even though I'm like, like shivers me timbers, it's very expensive. It is worth it in in what it's offering and now I've noticed as well um and it adapts really quickly like you know when we went through the whole job keeper thing through the pandemic um for those people don't listening uh Australians would know but if you're in the states or another country when we went through the pandemic our government was like legit and gave um job keeper which essentially was a really it was like $1,500 a fortnight, wasn't it? It was something like $1,500 yeah, yeah. a fortnight. And no. you had to have, you had to hit certain um, rules to be, be able to do it. But you got $1,500 a fortnight for every um, staff member who had worked a certain amount of hours for you. Anyway, so I think I was paying like four or five or six staff members from the government. So the government gave me that money every fortnight to pay my staff so that my business would keep going. And then I didn't go bankrupt, which potentially I would have by this point if I had to go through that like shutdown period. Anyway, so Australian government, thank you very much. But also then (laughs) zero, it like added all the features so quickly and it had the, um, that stuff so you could figure out whether you were compliant or eligible. It was really awesome. And now I know it's got um, like the cash flow functions, which I haven't used yet. I'm still doing an Excel document for that, which I really probably should just do it in that. Um, so I need to work on that a bit more, but I feel like it's just, it adds new things all the time. Oh, it really does. It's absolutely brilliant. And like I said, technology, man, like it's just every year it's better, better and better and better. Like talking to my Nana, um, when she was a bit younger, she had her own business as a massage therapist and talking to her about how did she manage and keep the book? She was like, old school book just like mm. one of those ones and I was like oh if I had to do that I'd pull my hair out like it's too slow for me <laughs> yeah there's like like a proper like ledger like just yeah legit and her handwriting yeah. is terrible terrible <laughs> absolutely terrible so she showed me one of her books and I'm like I don't even know what that says yeah if she ever got audited, they probably just would have been like, oh, yeah, that looks good because I can't, like, I can't read anything. They're just like, oh, yeah, that looks fine. Um, it's like, that, they'll do, give that a tick. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll, just, we'll, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, sometimes I don't, you, you, you just sort of get so in your own time that you don't really 
think about how yeah. the business did it before, but it's super interesting. And last kind of love fest for zero. But is there any other like functions within zero that you don't see people using enough that you think they should really look into? 100%. So if you have a zero account, you have access for their full education library. Mm. So it has like they have a video on absolutely anything and everything to do with zero like from setting up new people in your payroll system from generating a business activity report to send to your accountant like all of these things that you know your accountant would definitely ask for or you just need to set up just for the sake of your business like even inventory set up um, a lot of people aren't really aware how to set it up correctly it's got so many videos it's basically your own like little education like oh gosh what's the right word like your own basically library yeah yeah your own library there ready to use ready to watch and the best thing is they're only short videos they're only like max five minute long like five minutes long so you're not sitting there for like an hour going okay I still don't know what's happening there <laughs> you know they're so short and quick and easy and I feel like they're so underutilized like as a bookkeeper I know that I always watch them to see if there's any new functions that I need to be aware mm. of but a lot of business owners don't don't take the time to have a gander have a look you know see yeah. if you're doing the right thing like you know educate yourself a little bit but it is an absolute favorite tool of mine and I tell everyone that they have to go on and have a look like yeah look I don't think so great. <laughs> I think I've used it before when I've had like some like issues trying to generate reports and I over the last year and a half have been applying for a lot of government grants and so they do need specific reports and things and if um this is this is an insight into how <laughs> lackluster my um knowledge on finances are but my my office manager is sort of my like I wouldn't call her a bookkeeper but she does the bookkeeping no. um and so she knows everything so mostly I'll just be like oh Crystal can you send me this and she'll be like yes like she's probably so annoyed but she's so amazing but if like for instance she's taking the day off while I'm working on the weekend I can't be like um well you know she would probably answer me but I have some boundaries um so then I will use that library but it's really only to sort of solve a problem I'm having right in a minute so it's really interesting to know that there's a big library for education as well and probably oh, they yeah. can help me with more like the cash flow side of it which I've seen is now on the dashboard but I haven't yes. really looked into yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and it's just such an important function like even just learning how to generate a profit and loss statement which is the absolute bare bones of your business which is the bare bones of you know, bookkeeping, you need to know what your profits are. You need to know what your losses are. And just being able to generate that report and have a look, like even though the report can look a bit daunting, um, especially if you're selling a lot of products, <laughs> um, it's just so important to, one, be able to generate that report. And then, two, the other side of it is understand what they're actually generating. So when they pull out a report, you know, especially a profit and loss, going down and be like, okay, well, this is how much it cost me this month to run my business, to make my products, you know, to pay my staff. And then just having a look at the profit and be like, is there a way I can make this bigger? 
is there a way I can save costs? Like it's just, oh, it's so important. I love it. <laughs> it really is my favorite tool. <laughs> yeah. And like, obviously if someone uses another version of, you know, that, that, that yeah. they probably have similar capabilities. And again, this is obviously not sponsored. It sounds like it might be because we're like, zero is the best. But it's, I wish it, I wish it was. Gosh, that'd be great. I know. It's like zero, make me a golden partner already so I can get cheaper uh, membership. Oh, I don't even know what that is, but I want it. That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, we'll leave. We'll probably talk about zero later. But um, in terms of, like you said, you've been in the industry now for a while and, you know, I we talked about this a little bit briefly before the show, but as a dance studio owner and a dance teacher, it is a really female-dominated industry, but I know of the finance industry to be, you know, quite male-dominated. Is this something that you've come across, as like come up against as a challenge often, or do you find now with your own business that you're able to work with um, you know a broader range of people in different industries so potentially it might be um, different or like for instance like I would you know and I said like I said before the show you know not that I only seek out only women businesses but um, you know it's really exciting and fun when you again come across something that's a little bit different in the industry which is so male dominated so is that something that you find challenging from you know week to week month to month oh 100% and look I'm gonna admit it is getting so much better like acceptance of women in the industry is getting a million times better and you know that's a big thanks to the new rules and regulations that are coming in like with a you know a hammer of justice like you can't these days it's you can't treat women like what you did back in the 1950s and you know unfortunately you know my first ever job in an accounting firm I dealt with you know the business owner who was very much old school in that thinking like women even though I was there trying to be an accountant and trying to learn you know I, I was only in this place for four days and it was just that attitude of like all right you know you just need to go get my lunch. You need to pick up my dry cleaning. You need to drop off my dirty clothes to the dry cleaning. You know, you need to make me coffee whenever I ask for it. Unfortunately, that was my introduction to the industry. And I remember after my fourth day when, you know, I just, he said he forgot his wallet and he was like, you need to pay for my lunch. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it took a moment for me to realise. I was like, hang on, you know, I'm looking at the year it is and I'm like, I don't have to stand for this. Like I'm, I'm not his assistant. I was there hired as a junior accountant. You know, I want to work as an accountant. I want to do, I want to learn. And I'm being treated like, you know, basically his wife and, you know, a slave. And I was just like, I'm better than this. I, I'm not going to stand for it. So I told him how I felt resigned you know I called my husband up straight away and I'm like this is what happened (laughs) and I was so upset because I was like I'm finally in this industry I've been trying to get into for so many years and I was excited bright face but that was my introduction to the industry and it was devastating I was you know calling my husband I was devastated I was so upset and it took me a few days and I'm like you know not everyone not every business is like this not not every man in this industry is like this. That is just one person. It was, unfortunately, that was my introduction, but that was one person. 
So, you know, I picked myself back up, dust myself off, and I was like, I'm going to try again. I, you know, applied for more jobs in the field. You know, I got another, a great position where it was a, well, you know, a very good introduction to the industry, you know, men and women alike um, working there. But obviously it's that thing. It's, you know, in accounting in a financial advisory firms, it is so male dominated. There is hardly any women um, in management positions or even as senior accountants or even as um, financial advisors. But it's just making sure that I have that attitude as well, like to not stand for certain things. Like there's been times where um, I've reported to a senior accountant and he said some sexist things. And it's just sending that gentle reminder, like, okay, like I understand you're trying to have a joke, but I find that offensive. You know, it's always just never being afraid to tell people that, Hey, you know, that's crossing the line. And even though sometimes it's gotten me in trouble telling someone that's not okay, it's my core value to make sure that, you know, it's not for me, but it's for another female that may come into this workplace who, you know, who's just starting out and wants to have a good experience. It's always making sure that I can, I have the confidence to say, you know, that's not okay. Or maybe you should try this or like even just pushing to be like, give me more work so I can move up in the industry that I can be in a management position because they do need more strong females in that position. Um, so when I started my bookkeeping business officially, what I got back from my clients that I signed on was I'm just a fresh breath air. Like a, I said that completely backwards. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. I'm a little bit dyslexic here. Um, but that was saying like, you know, that's, I'm a breath of fresh air. Like they're like, yes, a female who wants to do the books, a female that understands me and my business, who's not judgmental. And I love it. Like I love all my clients, male or female. Um, you know, I'm not biased at all, but I get so excited when I'm working with one of my female clients and they're like, oh my God, someone is actually taking me seriously. You're not talking down to me because I'm a hairdresser or you're not talking down to me because I'm a nail technician. And you think that's not a good profession. And it's reminding my clients like, hey, I'm a female. Like I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I'm going to love and support you just as much as what you need. And I think that's why my business is getting, you know, so much traction is because that I'm a female. I love getting doled up. I love every single industry that my clients are in. Like I get my lashes done. I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I'm going to support your business because you're supporting me, making me feel beautiful. And I think that's what they really love and enjoy. Like they're not just talking to a bookkeeper who is just doing the books and is like, yep, ticking stuff off you're actually dealing with someone who's going to use your products who mm. understands the industry a little bit being a female and is actually engaged in that so mm. and like yeah. you said it's it's not to say that a, a a male bookkeeper or a male accountant doesn't have a passion for their clients um and it's yeah it's not to say any of that but I think that this is your personal experience and okay. that your clients connect with the fact that you are a woman in the industry is really amazing and um, I think that even though, like I mentioned earlier, um, being a dance studio owner, it's often a female dominated industry, but everyone listening to this would have some experience with, again, dealing with an accountant or the bank or something where, you know, you, you might be um, looked down upon or judged or you kind of feel uncomfortable, maybe not for the fact that you're a woman, but it could be your age or it could be, again, that 
you know, some people think that like the dance industry is quite frivolous. So I'm sure, um, you know, everyone listening has experienced that in their own way, which doesn't make it okay, but it's something that we all, I guess, can connect on. And it's, and it's yeah. nice to support um, other women if we want to, when we can. So that's really, okay. um, thank you for sharing your story. And I think like you said, um, you know, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the person that comes next. And I think that is really powerful and, you know, paving the way to make it uh, more easier and simpler and um, better for future generations um, is just, yeah, amazing. Like I, I know I have, I have a daughter and I would love for her to think like, this is a hilarious conversation in 20 years. Like that would, <laughs> that would be, you know, that would be amazing. So. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. I've got, you know, two beautiful nieces like my my little sister she just had a second one and you know it's even though we're just not at that point yet like I just want you know for all females and men as well like I want there to be a point you know in the future that they can pick whatever career that they want and they're Mm. not going to get ridiculed or they don't feel like they have to fight for every inch because you know, some days it can be exhausting. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie. There are some days where it's beaten me, like, you know, with in the financial advisory um, uh, industry, you know, you're working with a lot of solicitors and a lot of third parties that still have that mentality. And I'm not going to lie. There are some days where I absolutely break down, you know, I've had enough. I need a mental health day because it, it is a constant fight still, you know, it is getting so much better. And there's so many amazing men in the industry. Like, you know, my boss who I work directly for now in my financially um, financial advisory firm, he's, he is the most amazing man. Like he's got a wife, he's got three young kids and he is so understanding and he doesn't tolerate it either. So for any man that's listening, like, I feel like it's important that if you see something that's not right, especially towards a female employee step up like we take notice when you know someone of a different gender stands up for us and tells people it's not okay to speak to her like that it's not okay to make those sexual comments about that person it's not okay to comment on their their boobs their body appearance their clothes like it makes such a difference when those men in the industry and like my heart goes out to them I know so many great male accountants that have actually been like stood up for me personally and stood up for other females in the industry and they're amazing I can't sing their praises enough we need more of them and you know I just wish that some people had that confidence to have that discussion and stand up on their two feet and say that you know that's not okay and I don't agree with this and no matter what you know I'm going to support this person and their career aspirations yeah that's really important and I think that that you know obviously we can talk about this forever but um, oh yeah that, yeah that is really really important and um thank you for sharing that so I guess going to kind of change tax a little bit now so going back to talking about um business owners in general and a little bit more with what you do week to week so I guess at a minimum for a small business owner and a dance studio owner what is some like what should everyone be doing either each week or each month or I guess if you think at a minimum each quarter what is like the minimum thing that people should do in their finances yeah so basically on the week to week basis I'll start off with a lovely week to week it's basically recording and reconciling your transactions um I find especially um those who sell a lot of products you don't want to be leaving it to the end of the month 
you want to try and, you know, reconcile as you go, you know, update your books weekly, because if you leave it to the end of the month, sorry, you're rushed and um, you find that you don't have as much time. And then at least as well, you can kind of see how your month is tracking. So 100% do your reconciliation as you go. If you have the time, um, you know, I understand a lot of business can only do it at the end of the month, but if you have the time, do it weekly. It saves you a lot of hassle and drama. Monthly, what you want to do is basically reconcile your statement. So if you've got like a business um, credit card or a business loan, that's when you'll spend the time to reconcile that because that's a pretty big job and you've got to wait until the month is done. Um, and then obviously, and obviously every month you do want to review all your profits and loss. So then you can see how your month has played out. Um, and then like, obviously that's where you can plan if you need to make big purchases, like if you need to purchase any big equipment or something, then you can kind of make that decision if you can do it this month or next month. Um, and then every quarter, that's when you would do your business activity statement um, with your accountant or registered BAS agent. Um, so that's when you like, you know, pull all your um, GST reports. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. No, you're okay. <laughs> do you have the water or are you all good? Um, I'm all good. Um, haven't had my morning coffee yet and my body's oh. rejecting that idea. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so um, every quarter, um, <clears throat> definitely all your business activity statements. And then I always recommend people to actually just review how your quarter has gone because that's a good indicator how your next quarter is going to go. Um, so if you've released a new product and it's doing really well, you know, you can be like, well, I'm going to keep doing that product and maybe just improve it for the next quarter. Or you might need to have some sales happening to try and get some more people through your doors. Um, yeah, so they're, they're basically the general things. But yeah, if, if you can do it weekly, do it weekly because it saves you a lot of hassle. But obviously time is of the essence, especially when you're a business owner. Yeah, amazing. And I guess transitioning then, like you said, time being of the essence and people trying to do everything for themselves. At what point do you think that it's the right time for, say, a business owner to stop doing everything themselves, like maybe that reconciliation? Um, obviously, a business owner should be across their own reports and things like that. But when is the right time to potentially hire a bookkeeper or um, hire someone that can take care of that aspect of the business? So... A lot of people like say obviously different numbers and stuff. So my my personal opinion is that as soon as you're spending more than 30% of your time focusing on your books and accounts, that's when it's time to start having conversations with bookkeepers to be like, okay, well, this is how much work I've got. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a lot of work. So I probably only need you maybe one or two hours a month. So that's when I would be like, you know, definitely that 30% mark, because as soon as you start, it's very, very, very easy to be like, all right, I'm spending only 30% of my time for it to jump to 80% of the time you're spending in the books. So I feel like 30% is the safest mark because um, at the end of the day, you want to focus on your business, like as in like either creating products or providing a service. You don't want to focus on the books. Um, you know, if, especially if you're a creative mind, you know, you don't want to be going through those numbers. You don't want to be reconciling everything. You don't want to be, you know, organizing your payroll if you don't have to. So definitely as soon as you start noticing you're spending 30% of your time on your books, I, I believe it's time to have, start having those conversations, start connecting with some bookkeepers and getting 
having just honest conversations with them as well. Like, for example, uh, my business, there's no minimum time you need to book me for. Um, if you've only got one hour worth of bookkeeping work for the month, I'm not going to say no to you. Like that's the basis of my business. I'm more than happy to do one hour a month for you if it means that you can spend all your time focusing on your business where it's needed. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. And I guess um, I didn't realize as well that some bookkeepers have a minimum per week or per month. Yes. That's good to know as well. So again, if you're not at the stage where you can be paying someone 10 or 20 hours, you need to find someone who is a little bit more flexible yeah. in that. Um, so my last question for you of today, and we really t- tackled a heap of different topics is, you know, if someone's interested in reaching out to you personally, um, or, you know, maybe they don't need a bookkeeper, but they might want to you know, follow you for information or tips and tricks to potentially get a bookkeeper in the future. Like how do they find you? What are you currently offering? Um, and how do they get in touch? Yeah, so um, we've got a, got my own website. So it's just Telerac Bookkeeping. Um, you just type it on in on Google and it should pop up, hopefully. <laughs> and then obviously on Instagram, same thing, just Telerac Bookkeeping. So um, we're always taking on clients. Um, like I said, um, some of my clients only do one hour a month. Some have, you know, 20 hours a month. Like I have full flexibility of what you need. Um, I'm quite honest as well with clients about what they actually need. So I'm not going to turn around and be like, well, you need a hundred hours a month when you only need like 10. <laughs> it's that's, that's not the point of my business. So yeah, definitely. Um, you can, my number and everything's on my website. Um, you can also contact me through Instagram. Um, I do post some hints and tips as well on my Instagram. Um, so I kind of like annoy everyone with how often I post going, oh, are you, are you actually doing your super contributions? Like, <laughs> those no, little that's reminders. not annoying. That's good. <laughs> so just um, reminding people what they should be doing as well. But yeah, so definitely on the gram or on my website, you can definitely get a hold of me either way. Amazing. So thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, Stephanie. It was really um, insightful and interesting to hear you know, your tips and tricks of, you know, how to do our bookkeeping and keep better track of our finances and also your experience um, in the finance industry. So thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with us today. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to see you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.